Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to Bachelor Blab. I'm your host, Jackie Maroney, here with Aaron McNaught. And wow, 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 wow. I feel like that was the most boring episode of The Bachelor I've ever watched in my entire life. Yeah, you guys, like, I'm sorry to say The Bachelor kind of, like, sucks as a TV show. It's not good. Why do you even listen to podcasts about it? Okay, so it's not just me. That's what I was wondering. I'm like, because we've we've had this conversation before. It's like, do I hate the show? Do I not? So I was like, maybe it's just me hating what the show always has been and always is. Slash also, I like made two Negronis before I watched the show. I'm like, am I just drunk? Like, what is happening? But seems okay. So the consensus is that was so boring. Like, I don't care about any of that. No. And as I was watching, I you know, it's possible that, as you always say, once we get closer to to the end, we get more invested in the women and all of that. Maybe, maybe I'll care a little bit more. And there was definitely a point in my life as a viewer where I would be so into this drama and talking all about it. But I just feel that at this place in my life, as an adult person and a mature human and a mature woman, I just, this is not entertaining to me. No, it's not. I mean, it's nothing that. Like, to me, the drama, though, isn't even... It's not real drama. Real it's very, drama. It's, it's like, very, what is this even... Who cares? Like, whatever Victoria and Marilyn had between them, why would I care about that? It's The whole thing is very transparent. I feel like I am a producer sitting at a casting call. This girl, Victoria, comes in. She is a complete joke of a human, has no self-awareness, is not cute enough to be on this TV show. Great, let's cast her. She'll make drama, right? Like, we know how this happened. We know how it's playing out. Some producer behind the scene is saying, yeah, yeah, you should definitely tell about Mary. Marilyn, if that made you upset, you should definitely get that off your chest with Matt. Mm -hmm. And it's just... Just stop it. I'll take real drama any day, but this is fake drama and it's uh, it's just annoying at this point. Right. And it eats up so much of the time that I feel like I don't know any of the girls still. So it's just kind no. of like, why do I care? I also feel like, like this is my one and only hot take throughout this entire thing is I think the lead has so much to do with like the dynamics of a season. And here's my tea, Matt James He's a hot guy. He's great and, like, nice, but also kind of boring, question mark? Yeah. Is that tea? I don't know if that's controversial, but I'm just, like, not getting it. Like, he is objectively hot, of course. But other than that, I'm just, like, okay. Okay, I have two thoughts on this. The first is – I'm. You also said that you thought Tasha was really boring, and then That's by the true. end you loved Tasha. I know. So I do wonder if part of it is in the beginning. We don't really get much. We as much as it's about the lead, we don't get much of the lead because mm-hmm. it's the lead trying to get to know the girls or the guys or whoever they're with. Yeah. So that yeah. could be definitely part of it. 
And then part of it also, I think they must be so limited on the amount of topics that they're allowed to discuss, right? Like yeah, if I think about so true. what did Adam and I talk about when we first started dating? Sure. We talked about our families and maybe like some emotional stuff or whatever, but we also talked about activities we like to do and TV shows we like to watch and music we like to listen to, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talked a lot about Lil Wayne because we were both very into Lil Wayne at that point in our lives. You don't hear anybody talking about anything in pop culture, probably because they're not allowed to. But when you take that right, element, so yeah. when you take that element out of it, you can't talk about pop culture. You can't talk about social media. You can't talk about the world events. What do you talk about? Yeah, it's boring. That's such a good point. I didn't even think about that. But that is such a common thing that when you do first start dating someone, yeah, it is what TV shows you. What, like, I need to be, the other reason I'm going to date someone is so that we can like lay and watch the same TV show together, like on a Sunday. So we better make sure our tastes are the same. But yeah, they would probably have to pay so much money to even say the words Game of Thrones or something. So they can't say those things. Right. Like I'm just picturing, so you on a first date, right? Like a first yeah. date question for you, great topic for you might be, what did you think of the last season of Game of Thrones? You can tell a lot about a person based on what they say. And if they're, oh, yes, yes, yes. If, they really, started. if they really vibe with you, because we know that's something you're passionate about. Right. So that, those are the conversations, the quirky, fun conversations you have yeah. on first dates that we're just don't get to see because ABC can't afford to talk about all these shows. It's like, you can afford this massive mansion for all these girls to stay in. You can afford helicopters and skydiving dates and everything else. You can't afford the rights to just say Game of Thrones one time. Right. Because as I was watching today, I really was thinking about that since every conversation was about family. And yes, family... I just, they all say family is so important to me. Family is everything to me. Like they're the first person in the world to ever say it, which I don't understand. The first people in the world to ever have a family. Like what is that like? No one knows. The people who had tough family situations talk about how important family is to them because it was tough for them. The people Mm -hmm. who have amazing families talk about how important family is to them because their family is amazing. I have not ever once seen someone get on the show and be like, family, don't really care that much, whatever. (laughs) Like, put that into a family, right? Who's saying that? Well, who would say that on national TV? Like, I have my own family issues, but if I was on national television, we'd be like, yeah, fuck all these people. I don't even care. I feel like they're kind of guilted into it at that point. But yes, I get your point that there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, so I, that is part of it. I know. I completely agree. I completely agree. My hot takes are all like stupid little things, nothing that actually has to do with the content of the show. For example, one hot take is some people are really mad about this, but I am absolutely obsessed with the Peloton advertising on this show. Love it. Mm. 10 out of 10 recommend. Because I too love Peloton and I think it's great and everyone should buy one. So I'm not mad about it. I've seen a lot of tweets that are like, oh, I can't get away from the Peloton ads. Yeah, because maybe you should get a Peloton or get a friend who has a Peloton and it'll save you a lot of money. That's what I do. True. Wait, where were the Peloton ads though? In the very beginning when it was like the sun was coming up after night one and he's going on a run and then he gets on the Peloton 
and the camera oh. zooms into the Peloton logo and goes back out, which makes me think that Peloton's paying them some kind oh, of Oh, of course. No, I actually, I think I probably missed that part because I had Wi-Fi issues in the beginning of this episode. Mm. So I missed like the first five, 10 minutes. So that is very telling. Okay. So it was just ad, him. Got it. it was just him exercising. And I, and my first thought was, wow, he's running and biking. That is a lot wow. of fitness. A lot of cardio, Matt James. How yeah. do you maintain that figure with just cardio? Who knows? That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So if I approve of the Peloton advertising, that's a hot take because some people don't. But No, I approve of it as well. I mean, like, get that money how you can. I honestly, like, I can go through my notes here. I don't even have hot takes, and that may cut this podcast short. But I'm, I just, I can't, no. I feel weird saying that I can't stand Victoria because she fucking sucks and I can't stand her. But at the same time, I'm like, there's no way in the world that a human acts like this, right? Like, so that was my thought, right? When she first came on last week, my thought on her was, okay, we have another Bennett thought through the character she wants to play. This is the game she's playing. She's trying to come and be a Corinne. But I truly believe this girl is that unself-aware because if you, first of all, she has less than 10,000 Instagram followers, which I absolutely love. Let's give her Mm -hmm. absolutely none, um, which is great. But I I saw some people posting things from her Instagram and she had posted like this picture of herself with like a crown at her birthday with all of her friends bowing down to her. And it's like the queen. And then in the, in the caption, she says something along the lines of like, yes, we know it's a pandemic. How sad. Like, that's how she is in her life. She had another picture of her um, with her dog. And in the background, you can just see draped over a chair is clear, very, very clearly a Trump sign. Like this is, this is who she is. This is not an act. I do not feel sorry for this girl. This is how she acts in real life. You have all of her friends coming out on the internet and like posting on Reddit and posting on TikTok and trying to sneak in little snippets. Like she's the nicest girl I've ever met. It's like, no, you all suck. Actually, your whole friend group sucks because right. you're, you're a terrible friend if you let your friend go on TV with her bra hanging out the back of the ugliest dress I've ever seen. Oh. I am no fashion connoisseur, but oh my goodness. Yeah. Girl, can't, girl cannot dress. So sad that she has bad friends and a bad attitude and a bad personality. Yeah, it's just unfortunate to me that those are the kinds of, like, mm-hmm. could they not have found someone, like, cute and funny and sweet to also say, like, absurd things to make the show good like I hate to like bring it back to like like a Demi like Demi said things she was definitely there for attention definitely playing a game but I never thought Demi was like at her core bad person like you saw her making friends with other people sorry my dog is like losing her mind scratching at the crate I don't know if you can hear her but Uh, yeah um, I can what what is she upset about she hates Victoria too (laughs) yeah she also hates Victoria no she's just mad that she she's just mad that she's in there I think Thing. Go to sleep, Holly. Know. Go to sleep. I know. She's being so annoying. And she was being so cute throughout the whole show, like laying, being quiet. And then as soon as it's over, it's like, I wish I could take a picture. She's literally, I don't know if this is the right thing for dogs to be doing. She like chews at the crate, like puts the wires in her teeth as if she's trying to like literally bite herself out. I'm like, well, you're she's- going to hurt yourself. She's probably teething, right? No, she is. And so she does like to bite everything, but it's just like bite 
something else. Like there's toys in there. I don't know. She's trying to get out. She's trying to be on the pod. I know. She has a lot to she's a lot to add and a lot to contribute, but not yet. She's got to she's got to mature a little more before she can be invited on as a guest. I agree. But yeah, so I feel like what was I just saying? Just that like could they not fi- like I feel like Demi while she was at times obnoxious and you know, she definitely said things to stir the pot like she had friends on the show that you and you definitely saw that like she's a decent human I really do believe that I don't get why they can't find more people like that I think they do have people like that on the show I think they're casted right now on the show but they also as a fail-safe let's definitely have at least some drama that'll take us through the first couple episodes, give us a story arc. We're going to get this absolutely ridiculous girl that we can easily manipulate, throw her on the first few episodes. You know, we're probably Mm going to have to deal with her for one more week, Um, maybe two. And then at that point, somebody else dramatic will emerge that might be a little more likable with friends and a little funnier. And then we'll get more of a Demi. But I feel like this was a casting to ensure that the first couple weeks have a storyline. And they need to stop doing that because I don't need a storyline. I will watch just to see the girls and meet them and get to know them and try to see if I'm going to get points on my bracket. That's enough for me. Yeah. And just like, like you said last week, I I find it incredibly hard to believe that there are not natural storylines going on here. Like there are 30 something girls living in a house together all trying to date the same guy, all trying to compete for camera time. Like, how can there not be legitimate conflict? I don't, I don't believe that there's not. I agree. Why do they not show us? I think they're just like so protective of like, it's, it's weird because on one hand they break the fourth wall all the time and they acknowledge like we're on a TV show and this is a thing in the outside world and whatever, but they're still incredibly protective of the show in some ways that they're not willing to go there yet to totally acknowledge that like okay we are on a show right now right there was a really it was a very small moment tonight that I really liked um when Brie finds out that she's picked for the one-on-one date you just hear her go I wore my worst outfit today oh no those are the moments that I want yeah. those are the real life actual moments that people have right so you true go, you go, put on an outfit you go to a thing with your friends you don't really think it's going to be that fun or you're going to take any pictures it ends up being amazing and you have all these pictures and you look bad because you wore a bad outfit that day that's relatable although Bree's outfit was not not ugly. If that's her worst outfit, I can't wait to see what else she has in store. I briefly so looked at some of her Instagram pictures. I love her style. I liked her a lot. She seemed sweet. Yeah, she was really sweet. I I was going to bring up both of the one-on-ones. We have Brie and we have Sarah. Yes. I feel like Brie was incredibly sweet. I liked her as a person a lot, but I felt like if, if I had to sit here between the two one-on-ones that we saw today and say, okay, but like, who do I feel has like final four energy. It's more Sarah. And like, I was not feeling it from Brie. I was feeling it from Sarah. See, I I think Sarah's going to be in the top four. I think Sarah is going to be a strong front runner in the beginning. And then she's going to fade out. Um, and I think Brie is in it for a longer haul. That's just my, that's my gut, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, obviously we'll see and who knows. I just felt that the music they were playing under Brie's date felt more magical and and love inducing you do love to read into the music 
I do. And on one hand, I think they definitely try to make you feel a certain type of way with the music, but we could be getting to this point in Bachelor history where they know that they can make you feel a certain type of way with the music, in which case they try to throw you off a little bit. Yes. Because I feel like they did that a lot with Zach for quite a while in Tasha season until the very, very end. It was very much like, wait, this guy's going to be heartbroken. This guy's going to be heartbroken. This guy's going to be heartbroken. And then all of a sudden, oh, he's fine. (laughs) And he's not heartbroken. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I liked Sarah's date too. She seemed really genuine and sweet. It was obviously hard for her to open up about her family, but she did. Um, The only thing I felt kind of like, okay, about was she was talking about how she's such a private person. And I kind of rolled my eyes a little at that because I'm such a private person, but I'm going to go on a television show. I'm the bachelor. Yeah. Come on. But her story is very tragic and sad. Her family seems really awesome. And they did seem like they had a really nice connection. And obviously I loved how Matt said, what can I do to show you that I'm worthy of you? Oh my gosh. A contestant actually acknowledged that it's a two-way street? We've never before (sighs) seen. I know. In so many ways, he's such a great guy. And I I just wish he like, like crack a joke, Matt. Like I need to see you be a little bit more smiley, which I know he's clearly capable of. Like we we saw the TikToks in the beginning of quarantine. Like you and Tyler and all of your friends, they are goofy. They are fun. But we just have not seen that side of him literally at all. It's been incredibly serious these past few episodes. And I really do feel like, like, while it is partially the girls, I do feel like it's partially him and, like, the season is suffering. Like, the lead really sets the tone for how it's going to go. Okay, when you just said the lead sets the tone, I just had, like, major flashback PTSD to high school theater. It was a rough just little (laughs) moment for me. The lead said, I'm so, I'm so curious. Like how, how are you going to elaborate or is that it? I just feel that not that I ever was a lead, but I feel that a big, like a high school drama club, big high school drama club energy is this whole notion that the lead of the show sets the tone and you have to be the example for everyone. And everyone's looking at you to be the role model for how to act in a show. Honestly, that's not wrong. <laughs> like, I, know. I do feel like in any show, like if the lead is a diva and like rude to everyone, the experience for the rest of the cast is not good. As opposed to the fact that if the lead is inclusive and tries to just like make a positive environment, I think that everyone looks back on the experience and is like, wow, that was such a fun show to be in. Not that this is the same thing at all. No, but I just, I had a flashback because are you telling me that no drama instructor we ever worked with said that to us, screamed that at us? Oh no, I'm I'm sure they did several times. When I say I had drama instructors, yeah. When I say I had a flashback, I mean like I just had this like somebody like just hearing somebody just being (laughs) like the lead sets the tone like in the nastiest voice. That's what I, that's what I heard in my mind. But I don't know if that's actually something that happened. Um, anyways. It is. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> our listeners did not come here to hear about our our childhood trauma. Our childhood trauma in chi- in children's theater. But if you're interested in that podcast, I think we can whip something up. I'm trying to write a TV show about it. So stay tuned. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> 
I did. I really didn't even mean to take us down that road. I really was even thinking just high school drama club, but we can <laughs> whole, we could go on a lot of drama club esque things, just tangents. Yeah, we, Anyways, I do agree yeah. that the lead sets the tone. He just seems nervous. I think he's nervous. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact too, he's never even been on any bachelor show before. Like, can like, you imagine being What's this camera in my like face? That? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do, th- I think every single person who's ever been a contestant on the show has a bit of a grace period, at least a couple episodes to kind of get comfortable with it. And then by the end of the show, it's kind of into it and they either go to paradise or they go to become a lead and then they kind of get it. Matt has had none of that experience. Exactly. Um, which I okay, okay. I guess we can cut him some slack and give him some grace and hopefully in the next couple episodes he warms up. And he did have some moments where he was funny. I mean, his whole bit about apologizing to Bree's mom was very funny. I liked that. I just think there were, it, it, when he's sitting with the girls, it doesn't feel goofy and fun. It feels very, tell me about your life and tell me everything about you, serious, because I think that's what I'm supposed to do on this show. That's yeah, no, even when he was on the one-on-one date with Sarah, I guess because at the first part of it, I was almost where I was like, oh my God, is this girl going home right now? Yeah. Because they played the, the classic ominous music and right. there was a bit of tension. And then Matt in a little interview was like, you know, I just hope we can like get deeper tonight. And it's just like, <sighs> Max, you don't need to. Like dating people can be fun. Take a note out of Peter Weber's book. <laughs> Not every single thing needs to be like, tell me your childhood trauma and that equals love. Dating can be fun. And I know him and Kelly also broke up, but like they lasted way longer than any of the other relationships. I just think we went from never like it being so shallow (laughs) and surface level to being so, we just are doing this pendulum thing. We need to find a nice happy medium. I don't think they're going to find it anytime soon, but that is what will help them. It's just getting to the point though, that like, I am legitimate. Like if I didn't do this podcast, I wouldn't watch this show. Completely. I completely agree. (laughs) It's problematic. It's something that I have to put on my planner, like on my to-do list for the day of things that I need to do because I need to have the, um, the motivation of being able to cross it off in order to get myself to do it. Yeah, I usually need to drink to even get through it. And that's a me problem, I'm aware. <laughs> but we've gone over this. Yeah, it's dry January for me, so I do <gasps> Oh my not God, have you're that. doing it. Congrats. Yeah. Dan is doing damp January. Me and Carrie are still drinking Living Our Normal Lives. Dan is doing damp January, which means I think he only drinks on weekends, but also... So, like, we're going to this restaurant on Wednesday that we've all been trying to get reservations for for a long time, whatever. So, like, Dan has decided, okay, but, like, on Wednesday at this restaurant, I'll also drink. So, it's, like, Dan drinks when he feels like it. So, it's damn. But (laughs) I would say that, it, you know, he's planning. He's saying, okay, I'm going to – I'm going to plan to drink on this day, and then I'm going to drink. So, that is, like – And it's mindful. It's it's very – yeah, I do think – I did a dry-ish January last year or the year before, and I even thought that was beneficial when it's, like – just because alcohol is offered to you does not mean you have to drink it. But like, if you consciously and mindfully are like, no, I, I actually do want a glass of wine right now. This is a good idea. 
Like, sure, but just be more aware of why you're doing this. Like, am I just doing this because everyone else is or because it was placed in front of me or do I actually want this? So it's definitely beneficial. That's exactly why I like it and why I'm doing it this year um, again because that's what yeah. I came away from last year really appreciating was I realized how often I – just said, yeah, yeah, of course I'll have a glass of wine or it's bachelor. So I have to have a glass of wine. Just mm -hmm. all those habits that you have of pairing alcohol with everyday things. Yeah. Or when you step back and you say, okay, but do I actually want it? Because sometimes yeah. I really don't. So it's a nice little reset. It obviously, since we're quarantined, you know, it's quarantines. It has not really been nearly as difficult. I'm not totally. going anywhere. So it's right. not really that hard. Yeah, but it's good. I, I always support a dry January. Yeah. So, but that's why my motivation <laughs> has to be crossing things off the list. Okay. Two questions. I, two things I okay. wanted to ask you about. Sure. The first is, did you understand the cake tag thing? I missed, I was not paying attention to the directions. I don't understand what the purpose of that game was. No. Okay. I think I, I did not understand it. Okay. I feel like I tuned out at that point. Same. It was just, I guess, to not make it the same group date as Nick Vile's group date, like, five years ago, where they all put on wedding dresses and did a photo shoot. So now it was, like, wedding dresses, but also, now let's mess them up. And that was the group date. I just, the girls kept talking about how they worked so hard, and I really pushed myself. And I just, I really, like, totally zoned out during that part, so I kept being, like, you push yourself at what? Running around in the woods and throwing cake at people? Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I did not understand that. So um, listeners, let us know if that was something that was clear to you or it's just an us problem that we're not understanding it. Like some of them fell down, but I wasn't getting it. Okay, and the other thing that I'm thinking a lot about after watching this episode. Okay. If you were a contestant mm -hmm. and you were in the moments in the house where you know that the cameras are there because you're waiting around for a date card, so-and-so yeah. went on a date, you're all talking about it. What would you wear? Because we saw such a range of from, from ugly loungewear to cute loungewear to full-blown fabulous outfits with leather jackets draped over shoulders. I mean, yeah. they ran the gamut. I think for me, I would probably make it like pajamas but cute, you know, like – or, or loungewear, you know, whatever I happen to be wearing. But, like, would I roll out of bed literally having not brushed my teeth or washed my face with my retainer still in on national television? Like, no. Never, I would wash never. my face, brush my teeth, you know, maybe put some lotion on and, like, brush my hair into, like, a cute little ponytail. But as far as doing anything more than that, I don't know. I don't feel that I would. I'm, I think I'd be comfortable on TV and, like, you know, like a cute little face, but like no makeup and like cute little pajamas, whatever. But I don't know. What would you do? I feel, well, you know me, even when we go out, I don't wear a lot of makeup Yeah, <laughs> at all. Sure. So I, the makeup thing, yeah, I would probably do what I do every day. Clothes wise, I feel like very casual. I hate the idea of sitting around and filming all day in jeans if I don't have to be wearing jeans. Well, and That's I just torturous. don't understand, like, what are you trying to prove by putting on a good outfit right now? It's like, do you, are you trying to convince the audience that you don't wear pajamas, that you don't, like, lounge no. around the house in something? That's what I don't understand. I think that comes from a place of, I know that 
if I look good, people are going to talk about this outfit. I'm going to get follows on Instagram. Clothes are going to sponsor me. Like that's the vibe I get from that. Mm. And it is too, it's, it just comes across as a little try-hardy. Some of them looked very casual, totally. natural, like cute, put together, beautiful, all that, but didn't look like they were trying too hard. Some of them looked like they were trying too hard and I, it was just too glam. You don't need to be that glam for sitting around while somebody else is on a date. Like the girl who, I think her name's Ileana or something, who went to get the date card. She's very cute girl. Seems perfectly nice. Hasn't gotten mm-hmm. a lot of screen time. She had on like leggings and this cute crop top and that was all fine. And then she had this like beautiful leather jacket just casually draped over her shoulders just so. And that, you're not posing for an Instagram picture. I get no. it. This is your big moment to read the date card, but. Yeah, but it's like, why couldn't you? you like, Put your hands in the sleeves. I don't know. That was what bothered and, me that it was on her well, shoulders. True, who, true, who, true. Who walks around like that? So true. But <laughs> even so, it's like, just because you're not wearing like, like jeans and a leather jacket does not mean you are lacking an opportunity to like, look cute. Like pajamas can be cute. So I just if that was your motivation and you are just trying to have like cutie outfits and like be an Instagram girl, do like do it with pajamas. Like no one is believing that you rolls out of bed in your leather jacket. No. And like it's versatility. Like, I don't know. We'll see the leather jacket another time. I promise you. I know either on her or on someone else. So let's just all this season, keep a lookout from, for their (laughs) casual loungewear, especially since we're seeing this season so close together with a season of the bachelorette where we see the guys just hanging out in bathing suit shorts and nothing else. Mm -hmm. The added element of style for the women, um, as it is in life seems to just be a layer of drama that I'd really like to dig into this season. Yeah. I think that's a healthy thing to focus on as opposed to the nonsense. whatever other nonsense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you right, have a rose and thorn? Um, <laughs> no, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> no, thank you. I do not. I do not accept this rose. Um, why do I want to give my thorn to you for starting this podcast? <laughs> That's fair. You know what? That is a valid thorn and something that I... <laughs> consider sometimes as well especially now like I said just not for the last season the last season was so fun to watch I'm like now I'm like oh I know I love Tasha's season and was really yes. getting into it um yeah but these past two episodes have made me not want to watch the show which I understand is very bad to say on a podcast that is about <laughs> recapping the show because it's like, please still watch the show and please still also listen to this podcast. So it's like really bad business to say something. My brother once, like, when were we like really shitting on the season? It was before, what was before Tasha's? Um, who's the Pe- Peters. Oh yeah. My, my brother kept like, cause he does listen to the podcast. Shout out Randy. Hey Randy. And he would be like, okay, but like, stop every single episode leading it with like this fucking sucks like no one wants to hear that like we're, we want to hear you talk about the show like, yeah but I need to be truthful I need to be my true self right that's our authentic selves um that's actually a really great note Randy I guess we'll try again <laughs> next season <laughs> yeah see ya in 2022 I guess yeah okay who's your thorn or rose for um, I got a bigger right. rose Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> okay, fine. You don't have to. <laughs> no, I, I do have to. Those are the rules. Um, 
my thorn goes to whoever picked like that resort in Pennsylvania. While I understand what you said last time about the fall foliage and it'll be beautiful. I'm just like fall is great. Don't get me wrong. It's literally my favorite season. And it's the one thing I missed the most about living in a place that didn't have a lot of seasons. And I was so happy to come back and get that fall again, but it's like not a vibe. If you get what I'm saying, like seeing them like in Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania, like what, like an hour down from the Poconos with some like fall foliage, like there's nothing glamorous about that to me. And when I think about the Bachelor, Bachelorette, it's all about like a vibe. And you, I know you don't agree with me based no. on your face right now, but no, I I do because. I couldn't put my finger on what was bothering me about it because I'm okay with it not being in Palm Springs and not being at the Mm -hmm. beach. I'm okay with it being a woodsy situation and get a little nature in there. I love all of those things. I think for us, it's number one, a struggle because we grew up here Mm -hmm. and we know what it's like in Pennsylvania, right outside the Poconos. And so we're, you and I are, we know, because I've heard that from other people (laughs) who live here, who have been like, why are they in Pennsylvania? I absolutely hate the location. So I think one, we have a different view of Pennsylvania than maybe the rest of the world. If they wanted to really do like a nice woodsy fall thing, like go to Wyoming, Go go to Montana. Yeah. There's so places in saying. the United States that are beautiful. Tr- like truly beautiful nature yes. places. We have those in this country. Pennsylvania, I'm just like not sure, makes the top 10 list of beautiful fall places. Like and even Maine, New England. Like, yes. ugh. And the shots, like the shots of the grounds are, are absolutely stunning. They're very, very beautiful, but they are only going to get so much mileage on having dates in the middle of a couple of trees in the woods. It's just going to get old so quickly. And even though like, I think La Quinta Resort was definitely not as nice as wherever they are now. And, you know, I think it was the first time they were kind of doing something like this. So they tried to pull it together, but Palm Springs to me is a vibe. And I don't even know how to define like what is a vibe and what is not a vibe, but I'm like, I don't know, like Palm Springs is a vibe. Like I could fall in love in Palm Springs. Could I fall in love in Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania? Probably not. Well, that's, that's just my dream. That's interesting that you say that because if I think about the two locations, I would be more likely to fall in love in the middle of Pennsylvania than Palm Springs. I sweat too much to find love in Palm Springs. <laughs> but like, my get face in the is pool, too sweaty. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, but forget the love part. If you could go to one of the two destinations, where would you go? I don't want to go to either of those places. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) If I'm getting on an airplane and flying somewhere, I'm just going to ask them to drop me off literally anywhere else. (laughs) Anywhere other than Bumblefuck, Pennsylvania and Palm Springs. Honestly, that's valid. I think that's really fair. (laughs) Thank you. What's my, wait, was that, so that was my thorn. What's my rose? (laughs) It's a great thorn. Um, I'm going to give a rose to Marilyn um, because okay, yeah, fair. she's not toxic. She did absolutely nothing wrong. She and seemed lovely. That's just like. Shame on the producer uh, that, that room made her room with that other girl because oof, that poor girl did not deserve what she got. And I think that the internet will know that. And I think the internet will catch her as she falls. If she falls, she will be on paradise. Mm-hmm. She'll have a redeeming moment. She seems really sweet, but we see you girl. We know you're not toxic. 
Totally. Um, I actually wrote that down in the very few notes that I took that. Like, wow, Mary seems, Lynn, you made the notes. <laughs> I know. I had like four bullet points from this terrible episode. Um, but she seems lovely. Like in no way did I ever think that she could in any way be like bullying or toxic or like she seemed totally kind and tried to reach out to Victoria for the misunderstanding that she blatantly was like, there's clearly a miscommunication here. Like what is going on? And was she, met with hostility. Like I, there's only so much you so, can do. Oh, kind to her. I would never yeah. be that nice to that girl. I yeah. would never sit down and ask her to have a conversation with me. I would punch her in the face and leave the show. <laughs> I would net, you could not, you could not pay me to be kind to that girl. So Marilyn. Hats off to you. to you, girl. Go absolutely off. Bigger my woman rose, than I. My rose goes to Matt James's abs because that is Ooh. truly the only thing that's carrying this season. <laughs> not his personality, not him as a whole. Like just his objective attractiveness is what is keeping us going right now. And I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope in like three episodes, he's like, oh, I get it now. I don't feel weird about cameras in my face. I can show my true, authentic, funny, cute little self because we've seen that in the TikToks, people. We also have hashtag quarantine crew. Just pretend it's TikTok, Matt. Just pretend it's TikTok. All right. Well, honestly, out of a crappy episode and two people that didn't really like it that much, I think we made an amazing episode. But you all tell us, (laughs) do you hate this? Do you want us to stop forever? Slide into our DMs, but only if you have positive things to say. (laughs) We will not have negativity up in here. Um, (laughs) Follow us on Instagram and slide into my DMs. Hashtag swipe up. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week, maybe, if you haven't given up on this season. And if Um, we haven't quit by then. And if we haven't literally (laughs) quit doing this because we hate our lives. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.